November 1st, 2022, we're continuing in Masechet Berachot, we're at the very top of Daf Zayin Amud Aleph. <clears throat> the Gemara will have several statements with Rabbi Yohanan quoting something in the name of Rabbi Yoseh, uh, the first of which will be with regards to Tefillah. Amar Yohanan Mishum Rabbi Yoseh, Minayin Shaykadosh Baruch Hu Mitpalel. Says Rabbi Yohanan in the name of Rabbi Yoseh, how do you know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu prays? That's a difficult claim, that's a difficult concept to wrap your head around already. But anytime you mention those words, minayin, it uh, denotes that we had knowledge of this and we're just looking for a source. So it's almost as if we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu prays, what's your sourcing for it? That's a little bit difficult. We didn't have any reference, uh, certainly not in our Gemara to HaKadosh Baruch Hu praying. We did have his tefillin, but we didn't have his prayer per se. Rashba quotes from the Geonim, um, that uh, perhaps this Gemara is uh, to be connected to the Gemara Masechet Rosh Shanan Daf Yodzayin. The Gemara over there describes how Vayavor Adonai Alpana Vayikra is a reference to those words at the beginning. Vayavor is Kivyachol Hakadosh Baruch Hu was Ma'avir. He took a talet and placed it over his head, stood as a Hazan a Shaliyah Sibur, and taught Moshe the thirteen Midot Shel Rahamim. He said to Moshe. Any time that Israel hotim, any time that Am Yisrael sin, they should do, they should recite and follow these 13 midot shel rachamim, Hashem, Hashem, Kel Rahum, Bechanun, and so forth, and I will give them, uh, I'll forgive them. Uh, well, that Gemara then describes Kivyachol HaKadosh Baruch Hu being a Shaliyah Sibur, being that Hazan, standing in front of God. It should be noted, Rabbeinu Hananel on that Gemara says that you don't actually see God. Uh, you're actually seeing a Malach who's representing God. Um, in turn, you'd have to s- describe something similar as we go along here in the Gemara. But again, the reference then is that this is jumping off of that Gemara. Rashbad disagrees, as we'll uh, understand perhaps that it's not the most simple of readings, but it already gives you a vantage point for understanding the prayer of God. Because after all, what does God need prayer for? If it's to instruct us, as the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah suggests, well, that'll be the same idea over here. What does it mean God prays? What does it mean he has tefillin? It's to describe to us our relationship with him. It's to describe to us what we should be imitating and, and trying to achieve on our own. That's perhaps the way to begin this uh, sugya, this uh, statement in the Gemara. Shene Imar, as the Pasuk says, and again, this is going to be a Pasuk which somehow implies that God prays, Vahavi otim el harkochi v'simachtim Bevet tefillati, the Pasuk says, and in the second part of the Pasuk, with regards to the Bet HaMikdash, uh, initially it describes Harkochi, uh, my uh, sanctified mountain, my holy mountain, but then more specifically it says, Simachtim bevet tefillati, the Mikdash described not as your place of prayer, but rather God speaking, my place of prayer, bevet tefillati, says the Gemara, tefillatam lo ne'emar, it's not a reference to Am Yisrael or humanity's bayit for prayer. Ela tefillati, rather it's my prayer, kivyachol HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, mikan HaKadosh Baruch Hu mitpalel. We can derive from this some sort of message with regards to envisioning and wrapping our heads around God praying. Says the Gemara, well now that you established that, Rabbi Yohanan, in the name of Rabbi Yoseh, my masle, what is it that he's praying? What is his slah? What are the words of his prayer? What's the content? Amarav Zutra Bartuvya Amarav Yehirason Milefanai. It should be the will in front of me. Of course, we generally speaking say 
מלפניך, נפנת והקדוש ברוך הוא, שיכבשו רחמיי את כעסיי, instead of the expression as we have it in our tefillah, that your rahamim, your mercy, should overcome or suppress your anger. It's kivyachol, God saying about himself, my mercy should suppress my anger. V'yigolu rahamai al-midotai, yigolu milashon galgal, should round, should surround, should overcome rather. Rahamai, my mercy, al-midotai, my attributes, my ways, which might lead me in a natural or even uh, appropriate sense to anger or exerting acts of anger upon humanity, and I'll comport myself, I'll uh, act with my children, with B'nai Israel, with the mercy of, uh, with the attribute of mercy, and and I'll enter into a relationship with them, an engagement with them, lifnim mishurat adin, beyond or internal uh, from midat adin. Midat adin would be the strict letter of the law, judgment, immediate, you did, this is what happens. I'm going to enter further in in order to get some sort of mercy and uh, says God to himself in a certain respect, the hachamim are implying to us. That's what his will is. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, that's a message more than anything to you and me. It means as we pray, these are the types of words, the type of thoughts we have with regards to engagement with God. If that's the way he's praying, it's an instruction manual for us in how we should be praying. Tanya, the Beraita says, Amar bi Ishmael ben Elisha. Bishmael ben Elisha, who was once the Kohen Gadol, uh, he tells the following story as a Kohen Gadol. Afterwards, he says, Pa'amahat nichnasti lehaktir ketoret lifnai vilifnim. I entered uh, to bring the ketoret in the Kodesh HaKodashim, on Kippur. Veraiti akatriel ka Hashem sevakot shu yoshev al kise ram venisa. I saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu, describes him as akatriel. Mefashim again have a conversation, the Rishonim, the Geonim, about whether this is a reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, but you can't see anything, but it's some sort of image, or alternatively, even that image is a reference to a Malach. But the words he's going to hear are the prophetic inspiration and direction and words of God to him. So he says, I entered in, I see HaKadosh Baruch Hu sitting on the Kiseh Ram Venisa. Kiseh is the throne, Ram elevated, Nisa above. I see some on the Kiseh HaKabod, of course not in the literal sense. God doesn't have physical attributes. He doesn't sit on chairs. There are no chairs amidst his essence. Ve'amarli, and he said to me, Yishmael Beni, God says to Rabbi Yishmael, Barecheni, Barecheni, bless me, uh, or praise me. Amarti lo, this is what I responded, and you'll understand again, what does this have to do with the last Gemara? It's more than anything, instruction for us in how we engage with God. Right? So God speaks about himself that way, and it's really describing to us how we should be thinking about talking to him. It's identical words, instead of God expressing it about himself, Bishmael, this Kohen Gadol, Ben Elisha, expressing it to God. And he nodded his head at me. 
That's the statement in the last words. He nodded his head at me. Says the Gemara, What can we derive from, it sounds like specifically that last detail, with regards to him nodding his head, but maybe even from the whole story, that God turned to Rabbi Ishmael ben Elisha, asked for a blessing, uh, hard to wrap our head around the message over here, that that's an appropriate tefillah, so just teach us that. Why is it a story in which God turns to him? What can we learn from that part of it? That even the blessing of a simple person, the good wishes, the proper thoughts of another, even if they're a hediot, they're not an important scholar, wise, or righteous individual, they're a hediot, they're a simpleton, that shouldn't be kala be'aynecha, even if this is Rabbi Ishmael in uh, measuring up to God, he's nothing, he's minuscule, he's tiny, he's an absolute zero, God nonetheless turns to him as a hediot in the Midrashic uh, formulation and says, give me a beracha, the hachamim in turn say it to us, don't look at others, and when they wish you well, assume that's nothing. It's not a hediot, he's the Kohen HaGadol. Compared to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he's the hediot, shabah hediot, shabah hediot. That's the but you idea. can't say Kalva Homer to us, because he's the highest level of... Him. I hear you, but I can say Kalva Homer or not Kalva Homer. The parallel to us is when you're dealing with a hediot as a human being to another human being, because any that's human being vis-a-vis God, it's going to be more similar <coughs> as opposed to a comparison. How do you know that it's inappropriate to seek the forgiveness and to try to appease a person when they're angry? That's the wrong timing. These are the words of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To Moshe after Heta Egel. Now, there's two ways of reading this pasuk. We'll understand it from the Gemara's vantage point as Panai, my angry face, Yelechu, will leave, will vanish, and in turn, I will settle matters with you and Am Yisrael. The simple interpretation of the Pesukim happens to be not that way. Panai Yelechu, that seems to be talking about his face together with them. But okay, the understanding over here is Amalu HaKadosh Baruch Hu Moshe. God turns to Moshe and said to him after Heta Egel here in Parashat Kitisa, Hamtenli achi avru panim shel za'am. Wait until panayelechu. Wait until my face of za'am, of anger and fury is gone. It's not the appropriate time yet for us to reestablish a relationship. It's not the appropriate time for you to open your, mo- your mouth in terms of defending Am Yisrael yet. And then I'll give you the space. So wait for panayelechu. Wait for my angry face, my fury, my frustration with the nation to subside, wait, and then make up. It's a lesson with regards to any relationship with a human sense. being. Very much common sense. Oftentimes, not really heeded by even very rational people. You're in a fight with your spouse, you got in a dispute with your boss or your employee, and as you're trying to fix things, it's in the midst of the whole, okay, but wait a second, let me just apologize for what just happened. Uh, apology, I'm still in the midst of telling you what's wrong with everything. Let the person, let the being in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
Yachol, of course, Lehavdil, uh, subside in terms of their anger, fury, frustration, and only then. But yes, certainly a psychological um, um, a truism and, and, and understandable. Says the Gemara, but wait a second. Uh, are you suggesting that God was actually angry? Is there really anger? Lertoach means to boil over. Kameh in front of HaKadosh Baruch Now, of course, the Gemara doesn't mean emotional anger. It means the way that he treats people or the way he exerts his essence upon the world and it appears and feels to us as anger. And many other circumstances of such. Says the Gemara, in fact, there is. There are moments in time during which You'll notice, you'll realize, you'll feel, if you're sensitive to existence, God's anger in that respect, with quotation marks. Ditanya, after all, the Beraita being Doresh des Pasuk in Tehilim. Pasuk says, Ve'el zo'em bechol yom. God gets angry, exerts fury every day. That's it. That in and of itself is significant. But the Beraita continues. What is the extension, the duration of that anger of God? Rega. It's a split second. Or Rega really is translated as, as a minute. But we'll understand in a moment it's less than a minute. Vekama Rega. What is a Rega? Says the Gemara. It's one of Hameshet Ribo Ushmonat Alafim. It's one of 58,888 of an hour. One 58,888 of an hour. That's the split second of Rega. And in turn, that's the perspective that we have with regards to God's existential fury, those moments of tapping into reality where there's vulnerability for human beings or for Am Yisrael, that split second of existence. He's saying at least or at most? At most. That's it. The truth is you do have the word rega in more than one place. The Gemara will suggest it from Pesukim and Nevim or in Ketubim rather. Uh, the Torah has uh, the, the Pasuk of Rega by Heta Egel, have the word Rega by, uh, by, by Korah Va'adat, or the word Rega does for some reason or another. The Chachamim are tapping into something that you'll find, or Rega Va'achalenu, or uh, so the Pasukim do uh, allude to some sort of Rega, and that's what the rabbis are in some way, in a mystical way, alluding and trying to reveal to us something about that mystery of rega. Vezohi rega. Ve'en kol biriyah yechola lechaven ota sha'ah chutz mi bil'am harasha'ah. And you should know, nobody aside from bil'am harasha'ah is able to properly calibrate and determine when that rega is. Dikhtiv be'eh. After all, about Bil'am Harasha, it says, He knows the knowledge, he knows the way, the, the inner workings of Ilyon, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, says the Gemara, says the Beraita, wait a second. Bil'am knows the inner workings, the mind of God. He doesn't even know what his donkey is doing. His donkey is smarter than him, he's smacking his donkey. He's able to tap into the... The super, the supreme knowledge and essence of being and and an intellect of God. 
Ela melamed, rather, instead of actually getting that, Bilam had a way of finding that vulnerable moment, that split second of za'am, of anger. And it's that which Micha the Navi meant when he expressed to Am Yisrael, Ami, my nation, Zechor Balak Melech Moab the end of the Pasuk says, well, we'll read the Pasuk together. If you want to know the Sedek, the righteousness of God, that which he, he's done for you, pay attention to the Balak and Bil'am story. Says the Gemara, what does it mean? My lima'an da'at sitkot Hashem. What does it mean that God, you'll be able to pick up on that? Explains the Gemara. Mar bil'azar, amalayim akadosh baruch Israel. What God was through Micha expressing to the people, de'u, pay attention, notice. Kama sitkot asiti imachem. Look at how much sedek, how much sedakai performed for you. Shilokaasti bi'imei bil'am harasha that I never exerted or I never gave opportunity for ka'as in the days of Bil'am. She'il male, that if it were so, ka'asti, if I had any split second, any rega of anger, lo nishtayer misonehem shal Yisrael saridu palit. Am Yisrael would have no remnants. If Bil'am was able to, and he would be able to, tap into that split second of anger and say something and appeal to me, well, we'd find that midat din upon you. Says Tosafot, but wait a second. What would Bil'am say in a split second? If it's 158,888th of, of an hour, what would he say? Says Tosafot, v'im tomar, mahaya bishaat rega. What would he do in a split second of rega? Yesh lomar, kalem. What he would say is, kalem. Wipe him out. Iname, alternatively, me'ahashaya mathil killato be'otasha'ah. At the very least, says Tosafot, alternatively, if he began at that time, even if he goes over time, he started in the Sha'a of Din of Ka'as. That's what it means when Bil'am turned to Balak and honestly said, I can't bring forth anger if God doesn't leave the potential of tapping into an anger. We can derive from this that in the, all those days there was no rega of anger in front of and in the midst of God's existence. Uh, effectively, what have we read in the Gemara then in this next statement? Again, it's another statement of Rabbi Yohanan in the name of Rabbi Yosef. The statement was, You should not look to appease a person, to appeal to the Rahamim, to try to make up while they're angry. The Gemara continued and said, But wait a second, who said there's anger from Akadosh Baruch Hu? That was your proof text of Moshe and Akadosh Baruch Hu after Chaita Egel. The answer is, there is that anger. It's minuscule, it's tiny, it's that Midat din. Truth is, in terms of understanding life, um, certainly in the eyes of the Hachamim, we envision our relationship with one another and with God as existing concurrently somehow on Midat din at the same time and Midat HaRachamim. God has strict letter of law involvement with us. At the same time, there's some sort of fluidity. How do you find the room for both? What the Gemara over here is suggesting is it's a split second of din. And generally speaking, as we talked about earlier in the Gemara, it's that Rahamim, which are Kovesh et Hadin. It says the Gemara, and how long is that anger? Rega. 
רגע. וכמה רגע? What's a רגע? אמר רבי אבין ואיתמר רבי אבינה, רגע כממרה. It's רגע as it would be said. You might ask, but the Gemara just a moment ago said 158,888. מפרשים debate this. Well, this the most simple interpretation is, it's two separate statements, they didn't know the other one. They're effectively saying the same thing, to say kalim, to say rega, that, that amount of time, is similar to that split second we referenced earlier. Uminalan de rega ratach. Where'd you come up with this? Is this some sort of tradition? Of course it is. But where do you come up with this rega of anger, of the boiling over of God? Shene'emar, as the Pasuk says in Tehilim, ki rega be'apo, Hayim Birsono. Pasuk says Rega Beapo. Af, of course, is nose, the flaring up Vihara Afadonaibachem is a reference to anger, and in turn, this Pasuk is telling us Rega is Beapo. If you want to say, you can have cite a different Pasuk. What does this other Pasuk say? The other Pasuk says the following Lechami Boba Hadarecha. Go and hide in your in your rooms, Am Yisrael says Yeshayahu. Usgor delatecha, close your doors. Baadecha, havi kimat rega ad yavor zaam. Hide for a rega until the anger passes. Rega is the time of. Anger. When does this anger take place? There's lots of clues and lots of mysteries which are left to be discovered and to do, and and and, uh, and solved in this Gemara. We had numbers that are strange to understand, even even though we we detached ourselves from an actual anger of God to have that anger and to need that anger. And when does the anger and how much is all very difficult to wrap your head around clues which the hachamim are planting and hoping that we'll decode them. Ve'emat ratah, when does God have that anger? Amar telat kamaita. It's within the first three hours of the day. Ki hivara karbalta de When the crest of the tarnegol, when the crest of the rooster turns hivir, turns white. It's generally speaking red, it's when it turns white within those first three hours. ahad And the rooster is standing on one leg. It's at that time that you'll find that anger. Is it because the rooster taps into the anger? Not so much, but we do envision roosters somehow being able to discern. So if you're looking for discernment in the physical world, the separation between one time and another, you listen for the rooster's cry in the morning. Alternatively, you pay attention to it for that moment of existential wrath. Says the Gemara, and every time you'll be able to see the crest of the uh, rooster, some whitish, and you'll see it on its one leg. You told me it's at a specific second during the first three hours of the day. That's all the time, says the Gemara. Not really. It's kind of, but not really. Throughout the day, you'll look at the crest. It might be white, but it has shuryake sumke. Sumak means red. It has streaks of red in it. At that time that we're referring to, that rega, there are no streaks of red. It's fully and completely white. There is a particular irony over here. Generally speaking, we imagine that the whiteness 
is the kapara, is the cleanliness, is the way that God gives us our atonement. We mention it on what well, Kippur is that day of whiteness, of the big day Kohen Gadol. But certainly we cite that pasuk, if your sins will be kashani, they'll be crimson in terms of their color, kashele gelbinu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises that'll turn them into the uh, white of, uh, of snow. When we think about the hutashani of, the, uh, of, of, of when we would send away the Sa'ir HaMishtaleh, uh, which designated whether there was kapara to the nation or not, it would go from red to white. And yet, ironically, the whiteness is the moment of anger. There's something to be said over here for having a broader perspective and understanding God's involvement with us and with this world, to envision it as black and white or as red and white as it may be, and to envision it as, well, this is anger and it's bad, or that's goodness, that's a, that's a moment of levity and uh, happiness, and so that's good, is too simplistic. The anger then, perhaps, is being alluded over here, could have a constructive purpose. When times are difficult, we sometimes overachieve. During times of challenge, when we feel the magifa onpouring and, and taking over our lives, when we feel the stress and we had that difficulty of the chaos of life, we sometimes summon up these energies to overcome. So to say that the za'am, that that rega of kaas and ritiha is altogether bad, we'd envision it as being red instead. Maybe there's a whiteness to it. Maybe that's an illusion here in the Gemara. Hahu Siduki says the Gemara, lest you think that you should use these clues that the rabbis are giving you and try to take advantage of everyone you don't like. And so says the Gemara, who would you like less than a Siduki? A Siduki is a reference to someone who scoffs at Torah Shba'alpeh. It might be a reference to a Christian in this context. There was a Siduki, he was a neighbor, he lived in the neighborhood of Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. He bothered, he caused sorrow to Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi a lot. So he really bothered him. Bikra'e um, in Pesukim. So he'd constantly be turning to the rabbi. Why do you do that? Oh, you wear those tefillinas in ot. Do you know what the word ot means? It means a letter. It doesn't mean a sign. Or if it means a sign, maybe you need to put a sign on. Who told you tefillin needs to look the way you have it? And so forth. We have Torah who said hadar. Periyetz hadar is a reference to an etrog. Maybe it's a reference to some other exotic fruit. It'd be claiming and challenging him on kra'e. That's what a, a, a someone who scoffs who uh, looks away from the oral tradition in Torah Baalpeh does. That's what the Siduki is doing to him. You can only imagine a Yoshua ben Levi as a leader of Torah Baalpeh having to deal with this individual and not always having empirical proofs that lots of our religion is based on tradition, on acceptance. And not something that we can per se prove. What was he going to do? Yomahad, one day Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, after being bothered so much by this Siduki, Shakal Tarnegola Ve'okme ben Kar'e de Arsa. He took a Tarnegolet and he placed it in between, or a Tarnegol, and he placed it in between Kar'e de Arsa, the legs of the bed. In other words, he ties it up so it won't run away. Of course, what's he doing with it? Iyenbe. He's looking at it. He's going to look at it throughout the night, wait for that second, split second, turned white, and say, I guess, kalim, or say something, or begin his conversation, second opinion in Tosafot with God, about cursing the Siduki. Savar, he thought to himself, kimataha hi sha'ata, when that time comes, that rega alatye, I'll curse out the Siduki. Kimataha hi sha'ata, as it happens, says the Gemara, that moment came, that second came. Naim and Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi 
had fallen asleep. Instead of being inspired to come back the next day and take out his wrath then and try to tap into that existential anger of God or the vulnerable expression of God in this world, Amar Shema Amina, he said, I can derive from this, Lav Orach Abed Orach means way, Ara, the way, the world, Derech Eretz, it's not Derech Eretz, not appropriate, Lemeibad, to do Hacheh like this. The Pasuk says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mercy is upon all of his creations. I'm trying to spin that. I'm trying to bring out some sort of unmerciful upon based on my designation, inappropriate. And the Pasuk furthermore says even the righteous one, the Sadiq, should not be ma'anish. It's not always your place to be ma'anish based on your own bias and feelings. Let HaKadosh Baruch Hu play that role. Says the Gemara, Tanami Shemeder Bimeir, Besha'asha Hamazorahat, Vechol Malche, Mizrahu Ma'arav, Manichim Kitrehem, Berashehem, Umishtahavim Lahama, Miyad Koes HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This last statement brings us back again to that first three hours of the day, the time during which that Rega takes place. It's a time where the kings of the world, the Malche, Mizrahu Ma'arav, have their crowns on their head, designated themselves of the king instead of the true king. And they're worshipping not the true king, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but they're rather Mishtahavim Lahama, bowing to the sun, first three hours of the day, as the sun is rising, as they see their deity coming into power. That's when they're bowing. It's in that time, at some juncture, that the Ka'as, the that Hema HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is most and best expressed. What have we seen in the Gemara? A lot of difficult and hard to comprehend concepts, certainly many clues and mysteries that are implanted but effectively we see lessons we can learn from the Hachamim's understanding of the way of God. Number one, God's prayer teaches us what we should be praying for. Number two, how to appease during times of anger. Number three, what does it mean for God to have that deen and how do we in turn deal with it? Can we, should we manipulate it? Or the way the Gemara leaves us off as very inappropriate in the story of Rabbi Meir to do so. Why would there be an anger? Just heke? Not so much. It's during times of, um, of, of, uh, of schism, of those who are contradicting his essence. That's when it might most be in this world uh, manifested, that rega of kaas, of zam, of retiha. More than anything, the Gemara reminds us what it means to engage in a relationship with God. To engage in that relationship means to be sensitive to who he is in our lives. How do you find him in a relationship of rahamim, where you're looking for that space within existence wherein you can encounter him? That is the mission of, of every human being, certainly of Am Yisrael. Baruch Adonai Amen v'Amen.